Hey everybody and welcome to Thoughtful Thursday Bible Study. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I'm David Gabbard, lead pastor of Summit Church, and I'm so glad to have you here with me. So here's what we're going to do for the next several uh, Thoughtful Thursday Bible Studies. We're going to take a few minutes and we're going to study the book of James, the Apostle of James uh, that's right there at the end of the New Testament. And so it's just so practical and so leadership driven and so uh, down to earth for just regular people like me and you, that it's just such a good book to go by because it really just talks about how we could, you know, live our faith out every day amongst everyday people. And so I want to encourage you with that today. And with that, we're just going to get right into the word. So we're going to read the first few verses and then discuss them. And I want to also encourage you if you have any prayer requests, or if you have any questions, biblical questions that you want us to discuss on this Bible study, we'd be more than happy to take that on in the appropriate time and context. So we'd love for you to be a part. Make sure you're engaging. It's just a few minutes every week. We're not going for very long, 18 to 20 minutes if it goes that long, but we want to just encourage you uh, to, to engage. So thank you for joining us today for Thoughtful Thursday Bible Study, and let's get into the book of James. So the book of James, James chapter one, it says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. And he goes on to say in verse two, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. And so I'm going to stop there. We're going to talk about those things. The first thing I want you to notice here, it's in all probability, there's about three Jameses. There's James is kind of a common name in the New Testament. And there's uh, probably three characters in the New Testament that could be the writer of James. But the James, the son of Alphaeus, most, no, no fa fathers of the church uh, in the early goings, uh, 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 would have said that that he was the writer. There's no tradition that says that. And then also James, uh, the the apostle, uh, he also would have died in I think forty around forty four BC uh, AD. So this was written in right in late fifties or sixties uh, AD. And uh, so that would mean that it's more than likely, and most theologians and uh, uh, Bible scholars believe it was G uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus. So this is a man who grew up with Jesus. Now, James, the brother of Jesus, did not actually follow Jesus or believe in Jesus as the Messiah until after the resurrection. You can look and read about that in the book of Acts. But he, he didn't receive Jesus as that. I mean, it was his half-brother. He lived with him. He, it wasn't you know, it was kind of like the people who lived in Jesus' hometown. They said, well, this is just Joseph's son. He can't be the Messiah. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah, he does incredible things. But, it, you know, he's just one of us. And so I can imagine in the home, that's how it must have felt too. Even though he was a very special young man and they didn't always understand him. There were times even in his ministry, in his early ministry, where they thought he was losing his mind the way he was acting. And so James really didn't follow him until after the resurrection and then and then he was born again and he became a major force in the church. He was one of the leaders of the of the New Testament church in Jerusalem and he had major influence and he he just was 
a, a great man of God, as uh, biblical history and history tells us. And uh, I just find it interesting. And here's what I find interesting, how he introduces himself. Um, the humility of how James introduces himself is an amazing thing because he could have said, listen to what he says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He could have said, James, the servant of God and the brother of Jesus. But I find it interesting that he doesn't even refer to his natural brotherhood with Jesus. But he says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad among the nations. So he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to Jewish believers that have been, you know, uh, spread out over Palestine because of persecution. And he's saying to them, listen, this is how you follow Jesus. But think about the humility of a brother saying of his brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I have two sisters, uh, and that would be like me referring to my older sister, LaRonda, the Lord LaRonda Hall. I mean, think about that. Just the humility of, he didn't even want to identify himself as brother. He, he identified himself as servant and son. And uh, it's, just, it's just amazing. It says a lot about James just right starting out. And as you, as we study this book together and realize how practical he was and how significant a person he was and how influenced he was, it just makes you admire him the more as you hear the humility in his heart that says, you know, I, I wonder if he ever thought, man, I wasted time not believing. I wasted time not realizing who Jesus really was. And I just think it's amazing that this is the way he chose to serve. I think that the story, just the fact that he was Jesus' half-brother and that he ended up leading in the church and believing Jesus and just having a whole life change, I just think it's so amazing uh, just how God works and, 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 and the humility of a person who's really been changed. You know, that's one thing that marks Christians, uh, those of us who are following Christ with our whole heart uh, and seeking his face. You can tell when a person's really following Jesus and doing their best to mature. They're not perfect. They're being perfected. But the truth is, there's just a kind of a humility there. Not a false humility that says, oh, I'm nothing, I'm nobody. But this real humility that says, you know what? My thoughts aren't always on myself. My thoughts are on him and his purpose and his will and his ways. I just think you can hear that in James saying, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he calls his brother Lord, and he says, I'm a servant to him. And it inspires me. I don't know if that, I don't know if you know that or if you've caught on to that, but how inspiring is that? James was an effective pastor. He was an effective apostle, but do you know what he really was? He was an effective Christian. He was an effective follower of Jesus, which is what we all are striving to be. So then it goes on to say something very interesting. And I find this interesting, the, the way he starts his letter here. That's what an epistle is. It's a letter written by an apostle. And so I think it's interesting how James uh, starts because you think he would start a little different, but he starts, he gets right into it. And here's what he says. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work 
so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking in anything. So think about that. So you hear what James is saying, right? The, the goal here is maturity. The goal here is if you're a believer and you're a follower of Christ, that you don't stay a, a baby, that you don't come into the faith and you're born again and you just stay in that place of a baby. No, you grow, you develop, you become the, the thing that God wants you to become, a mature believer, that you're going through that maturation process and you're being elevated in your spirit and you're growing and you're being strengthened and you're being refined so that you can be that representative of heaven, that representative of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we talked a little bit about it last week, but the truth is there's this phrase that, that is so powerful to me because it talks about Jesus having the ministry of reconciliation. So the whole reason Jesus came, not just to die on the cross and raising him from the dead, but even his message and his ministry, the whole purpose, the why behind his what was reconciliation with the father because sin had pulled mankind away from God, out of relationship with God. God is a holy God. And, and God, uh, sin cannot exist in God's presence. There can't, you can't live in sin and have sin in your life and be in close proximity to God. So something had to be done. And that's why Jesus came. He preached. He died for our sins in our place, took that punishment on him, and then rose again from the dead. And as we believe on him, he changes us from the inside. And he begins to perfect us the moment we change. And he begins to change us and grow us and develop us into what God wants us to be so that we can be that representative of heaven. Because he goes on to say that when Jesus went to heaven and ascended to the Father, he left us, Christians, believers, followers of Christ, as ambassadors. And here's what it says. It says, as if Christ is pleading through us to humanity, pleading with them, to come in back into relationship with God. So think about that. That's the whole goal here. The whole goal for a believer that's come to faith and is committed to follow Jesus and been forgiven of their sins and born again, the whole goal is that they be conformed into Jesus' image, looking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, bearing the fruit that Jesus bore, becoming like him, so that we're good representatives of heaven and bring others into relationship with God. So when we are growing and developing in our faith, we need to realize that's the purpose. That's the reason. Because like the Bible says in Timothy, God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Doesn't mean they will. You know, men have their own choices and they choose their own ways, but he would love for everyone to come. And us being ambassadors helps that to happen. So it's really important that we mature and it's really important that we grow. <laughs> but I find it very interesting what he says will bring that about. Because uh, for us, especially in the Western world, for the American church, man, this is not what we want to hear. I want to hear like, you know, something like, you know, fulfill your potential. I want to hear something like, uh, you know, if, if you, I'll give you responsibility or give you opportunity and then you'll become great. That's what we like to hear because that makes us feel good. But here's what he says. He says, here's the reality. 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance in you. Wow. So he's saying we need to get mature. One of the ways we are matured in our faith is going through hard, difficult things. So he tells us some things about that. Um, you know, number one, that we will have hard things. And, and this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Come on. We have trials. Life is hard. We live in a world that has fallen from grace, a world that was righteous and perfect in every way, and sin has caused it to fall. And now all the results of that death and degradation and bondage and addiction and all of that comes with that fall, with that sin. So it produces difficulties. It produces hardships. You know, when the world began to fall apart because of sin, you know, now they had to fight with, you know, thorns and 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 weeds and things like that where they didn't have to combat that before just to grow food. You know, it's 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 an interesting thing what sin has done to the world. But then there's just life. And life, interaction between sinful people, there's going to be hardships, there's going to be difficulties. Jesus even said it in John. He he said uh in the Gospel of John, he said that we're going to suffer tribulation. That word tribulation, not, not, not temptation, tribulation, trials, hardships, difficulties. But he said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So I want you to listen to this. Here's James saying it, and, and it's what Jesus said, be of good cheer. And James says, have joy. Have joy when you come into trials. Be joyful when you face difficulties. Be joyful when things are hard. Be joyful when it's not going like you thought it was going to go, when frustration tries to set in, when discouragement is all around, when finances aren't like you thought they would be, when your body's not acting right, when your children aren't getting along, when the difficulties come, what do you do? <laughs> well, I can tell you what we do, but it's not what we should do. A lot of times we find ourselves complaining, becoming anxious, being filled with worry, but he said, no, have joy. Have joy. When you fall into various trials, have joy. So number one, he's telling us it's a choice. We have a choice whether or not we will, how we respond. Uh, we're going to face difficulties, but how we respond is clearly up to us. And he didn't just say have joy for no reason. He gave us a reason. He said, because you know that when you're faith is tested, you know that it produces perseverance. And you should let perseverance have its complete work because then you'll come out on the other side having gained everything that you should have gained from that experience. And I think one of the things that we lose in life is because we try to rush through things that are hard. When something's hard, we're just looking for a way out. Just where's the door to get out? Where's the exit? And I think sometimes, I'm not saying we should want trials. We don't want trials and we're not, we're not trying to ruminate in trials and we're not trying to throw pity parties. But I think what we need to do is stop and look around and say, God, what could you teach me through this? Having joy means I've got a good attitude even though things aren't going well. Even though things are hard, my attitude's good. And I'm going to laugh and I'm going to enjoy life and I'm going to love God and I'm going to love people and I'm, I'm going to have joy. That calm 
confident assurance everything's going to be okay. Hope is available to me because everything's going to be okay. Because if God's involved, we're going to come out on the other side. And it and it puts this feeling in us of, I'm going to make it. Perseverance. What is perseverance? It means just to keep going no matter what the problems are. Keep going no matter what you're facing. You don't let it paralyze you. You don't let it stop you. You don't let it make you doubt. You don't give, give in to the fear. But what do you do? You just keep going. Because if you'll persevere during times of trouble, if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus during times of trouble, if you'll be confident in his will, purpose, and plan for you, then what happens is you become mature and you stop being defeated by every small circumstance and you stop giving in to doubt and fear and you stop letting your feelings run your life, but you start walking in faith instead of by sight. And man, it changes your whole perspective and it puts you in a whole different plane spiritually. And you're able to see things, you're able to see God do things through and in your life that are just almost unimaginable. Why? Because you allowed your negative circumstances not to defeat you, not to beat you, but you allowed your negative circumstances to build you by having joy in the middle of it because you know it's developing something good. Perseverance and patience and confidence and hope. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. So we're going to stop there today, but I just want to encourage you. Let's keep a spirit of humility and when we face difficulties, which a lot of us are facing right now, either spiritual or financial or physical or relational, and the way we handle it, we handle it by having joy, keeping a good attitude, and allowing perseverance to be built in us so that we become that full, complete, faithful, mature believer who is a good representation of what it means to follow Christ. And then when we share the gospel of Jesus with someone, the congruency between our life and our words, man, it shines a bright light, doesn't it? So I just want to encourage you today on this Thoughtful Thursday Bible study. God is on your side. And if you'll follow him and you'll submit to him and keep that humble heart before him and let your difficulties right now, I know you might be going through something hard, but let it build maturity in you. Don't throw a pity party. Don't complain. Don't argue. Just learn and develop and grow and become mature because God will help you through. Sometimes he delivers us out and sometimes he delivers us through. So as we go through, let's, let's not be premature in trying to exit. Let's listen to what God's saying. Let's learn how from what we can and let's let it build maturity in us and strength in us so the next time we face a problem, we'll have the capacity to handle it. God bless you so much. Thank you for joining me today on this Thoughtful Thursday. I love you, and I'll be praying for you. Please communicate back to us. We'd love to hear from you.